Hello and welcome back to The Sharpest Tool, where we take the sting out of marketing. My name is Josh Smith. I am your host and I'm amped up because we got Tim Flynn back in the booth. And it's always fun having Tim in the booth. So Tim, welcome back. You give me too much credit, but thank you. Uh, I give you all the credit. Thank you. I'm pretty fired up about the topic that we're going to be talking about today because it's something that all business owners have to think with. A lot of business owners in the trades, they're constantly mulling over these questions. And that's how do we get good techs in the door and actually retain these techs? And I want to cut right to the chase with that because uh, I think there's a lot of information and insight that you have in running your business over the past couple decades here that uh, you could bring to the table. Well, I hope I can help. I yeah. really do. Yeah. So, it's a very, very big question. So why is hiring tech such a challenge right now for home service businesses? You've got so many people out there that are hiring people. So we have a shortage of people that want to be in the trade. Yeah. We have a want for more people into utility trades into unions, recruiting people, mm -hmm. as well as like every other competitor is trying to look for more people. Yeah. So one of the biggest thing you can do for your business is to retain the people that you have, yeah. right? So with all that said, you only have, I don't know, say there's 1,500 people coming into the trade in sure. one market today, right? Mm -hmm. A thousand of them will go to the unions. Another 400 might go to the utility trade the people that service like water heaters and furnaces, right? Sure. Then we have 100 people left over for 40 companies to divvy up and hire. So it's, yeah. it's brutal. What do you find are some of the competitive advantages that your business has been able to develop over and above your competition that's allowed you to pull in good talent? You would have thought that 100% healthcare was fantastic, paid for. Yeah. You would have thought that two weeks vacation and five sick days, you would have thought company vehicle and fuel, right? Would have been great. You would have thought uniforms that are replaced yearly, multiple opportunities for bonus would have been great. It's not good enough. Wow. We got to do better. Yeah. Right? Flexible time. Instead of working like nine to five, eight to four thirty, whatever you want to call it, right? Sometimes you have to work maybe 10 hour days. Yeah. Work four 10 hour days. Or maybe work three 12 hour days. Yeah. Like a nursing shift, right? Yeah. So you have to do something very different to attract people. And then you need to be in their area of the world. Because I'm in the city, right? Yeah. And so a lot of people don't want to travel to the city to go to work, right? They want to be living and working in their hometown. So sometimes we have to go out to them. So in order to compete, what kind of package, a lot of the things you said kind of bundle themselves into benefits of working for the company. Mm -hmm. What type of package do you need to offer? Do you find that, it's more commission-based, hourly-based when it comes to the actual pay for the text that you retain. What's the most competitive? I'm going to put it to you very simply. If you can explain it and have somebody take it home so they could talk to their spouse about it, yeah. you've got the right package. If it's overly complicated with commission, mm -hmm. if it's overly complicated with percentages of healthcare you have to pay or what the ultimate hourly rate will be, if you can't explain it to the person that you go home to, it's not okay. Yeah. Right? So it has to be very, very simple. So something hourly with a percentage of whatever sales that you happen to make, right? Yeah. As well as a very clear medical package, mm -hmm. dental package, vision, right? Yeah. Even life insurance, right? And there's some other people that has like low budget life insurance, not that kind of stuff. You want to get like an SBLI policy, something legitimate, right? Yeah. Those are the values that people can take home and say, that's a good company. Absolutely. How do you personally recruit tax-free business? Is it a matter of doing like trade shows or like, you know, school events to recruit kind of the younger generation? What are some of your techniques? So very similar to marketing for new customers, mm -hmm. right? You have to do multiple things to market 
for new employees, of which could be newspaper ads, Indeed advertising, hiring fares, basically getting referrals from your current employees and paying those employees a commission or or check to refer somebody that works out. Sure. I would say to you that if you're not coming into hiring with five to seven, even more different disciplines, you're not doing enough. So I think the biggest piece is moving your business out to where your employees live. If you're in a city that's very expensive to live in, like we're in Santa Clarita, right? Mm -hmm. So is it expensive to live here? It can be. Right. Would you say that plumbers are living here in this area or they live on the outskirts of Santa Clarita? Uh, Potentially on the outskirts, yeah. So I would like put an outpost or an office out there, right? And then service that area, wherever they live. That's the best way to get at new employees. Yeah. It's one of the ways. One of the ways, yeah. I've been really good at bringing in young people that show an interest in what we want to do with them. Yeah. And they ride for about a year and a half with somebody else showing them about the company, about trucks, how we do things, uniform, right? And then I put them into two entry-level positions that do not require licenses because licensing is very important, right? So we have a drain department. They'll go out and clean drains. They will maintain drains for our customers that have plans and policies with us. And then we also have a maintenance department. And the maintenance department is where we will send somebody in to maintain a furnace or a heating system or an air conditioner that we've already sold and installed. You hire more for culture fit versus ability. Do you prefer to train your techs in-house? I think that training in-house is invaluable. I think that you want to get them young and show them what's going on, what a company can do. I tend to really give more counsel to my people, especially like investing stocks, um, investing in themselves, buying homes, real estate, right? We do all that. I love to do that. That's like one of my favorite parts of my job. Yeah. Just like being personal counsel, being available for them. Uh, My guys call me anytime. Sometimes not enough. Yeah. Right. So, but as far as like getting the the younger guys into the trade, you got to paint them a future picture of what they can have. Totally. Right. Yeah. Paint a vision. Talk to me a little bit about the issue of poaching that we see. Sometimes techs are pulling techs from companies. I know it can seem a bit cutthroat in different areas. It happens. Of the country. Uh, Does that happen with you guys a lot out there? It happens many times. Any business owner that's listening to this, whether you're a a one-truck company or a hundred-truck company, it's happened. People are going to move on. So when poaching does occur and someone leaves your employment for a couple of more dollars, it's not the dollars that they left for. They left the company because it wasn't a good fit. Yeah. So trying to make things a good fit, someone's not going to leave you for $2, right? You could go to your boss and get a raise, but Mm -hmm. you're leaving because of the culture. Yeah. You're leaving because something isn't quite right. Yeah. So one of the biggest things you can do is take a look at yourself and try to say, all right, what am I doing wrong? Maybe I need to step back and have some help here. Yeah. It's a gut moment. Totally. What are some of the things you look for when you're hiring a technician, are there specific questions you ask or qualities and traits you're trying to look for? First and foremost, I'm looking for them to show up on time. Yeah. And then I'm looking for how they carry themselves and how they can stand and make a presentation because that's what's going to happen. You're going to be talking to a customer, right? Sure. And then I, I want to know that they're confident. I want to know that they've done a little research on the company before they arrived, right? So here I am, I'm here in your office. Like I read the website. I look at where you are on the map. Sure. I, I understand what's going on, but... Until you get here, you really have to ask more questions. But someone that did a little bit of research on your company is definitely somebody that showing some interest on being better. Yeah. So that's what I like to have. 
Being better. Being better. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that a lot of uh, the employees that you end up pulling in have that drive and desire to be better? Well, I think if you're going to look for people, like why do people go to a driving range for golf, right? Yeah. They want to be better. Mm-hmm. You can find good employees there. Yeah. Right? If you go to a gym, yeah. they're trying to be better. Yeah. Right? I would say to you that you could find people that are striving to make changes at places where they're trying to improve. Gyms, yeah. golf ranges, all that, right? How do new hires uh, impact the company culture? New hires are exciting. New hires are a chance to bring somebody in, show them around, right? Mm -hmm. And in my case, they get to meet my dog. If my dog likes them, then they pass to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. It's very important. (laughs) Do you deal with a lot of negativity sometimes in the workplace? And how do you approach that? What's your approach to dealing with that? In negativity? Yeah. Really, there's no room for negativity. You have to have a great attitude every day. Mm-hmm. You know, negative happens, especially between employees. Like you, you just got to be big boys and girls and not carry it around with you, right? Yeah. So just wipe it off and let's go. Yeah. You have a comment here. How are you going to play offense today? What does that mean? It's my favorite quote. Yeah. My favorite quote. I say it to my uh, my people all the time. Yeah. Playing offense is not being a victim. Yeah. Right? So imagine if you're um, wake up in the morning and the day takes you stuck in traffic, you're late for work, you couldn't find your car keys, you didn't charge your phone, right? Yeah. You're blaming all of the things that happened. But if you're going to play offense, right, you're going to take a few minutes to plug your phone in before you go to bed. Mm -hmm. You're going to maybe even lay out your clothing. And you're going to make sure your truck has gas. And you're going to get up a little bit earlier, right? That's how you start to play offense on a daily basis. If you're not playing offense, you're not going to be better. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. A lot of it goes down to the intentional actions. It's really intentionality in your day, right? It's making a conscious decision to change something about your behavior, change something about I mean, how I, you're moving through your day. You know, we have a good friend, Kenny Chapman, right? Yeah. So Kenny and I, we're very fortunate enough to be exposed to a guy named Joe Polish, right? So Joe said something very profound to me. If you want to be better at something, you got to eat well, you got to meditate, and you got to exercise, mm-hmm. right? If you do that, you'll intentionally get better at something, right? Mm-hmm. And above all, get a lot of sleep. Yeah, Sleeping is everything. If yeah. you're not well rested, you're not going to be able to contribute and play offense at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about Joe Polish for our listeners. Who, who is Joe Polish? Joe Polish is somebody that started off a victim and he has a very tough story. There's a drug abuse, there's sexual abuse, and he pulled himself up to yeah. become the world's probably greatest marketer in the carpet cleaning business. Mm. And he's parlayed that now into not a motivational person, but an inspirational person. So Uh you can't really motivate people, but he's very inspiring. If you have the chance to listen to like any of his YouTube channels or whatever, he's very inspiring. And he gives you the basics, right? Yeah. So Joe Polish is a a gentleman that lives in Arizona. Mm -hmm. He has a company called Piranha Marketing. That's right. Joe Polish owns the Genius Network. What's the Genius Network? Genius Network is... um, would you ever spend um, $10,000 to be in a room with other smart people? Oh, yeah. Would you spend 100000 Sure. Joe has um, a couple of levels that you can, sure. you can join. I feel as though if you're going to join, be around really great people for inspiration. And Joe has uh, a couple of uh, meetings a year. One for people that want to yeah. pay $10,000 to sit in a room with a bunch of smart people. Got it. And another one to sit in a room with $100,000 a year. So it's like a mastermind group. It totally is. Yeah. Awesome. So powerful. Very powerful. How important is gratitude for the workplace, for text, and for just a culture to have? Uh, I was practicing gratitude upstairs. Yeah. 
talking to uh, Dice, who's responsible, I think, for writing the websites sure. Scorpion, right? He's made my life infinitely better. Yeah. And if you can't express that, yeah. you're probably not doing all you can, right? Yeah. To appreciate people around you. Sure. Gratitude is practiced every single day. Yeah. Right? So a lot of times, like I'll say to my kids, what was the best part of your day? Yeah. Right? And they're kind of like, it's an open-ended question. It's like, it's not a yes or a no. Yeah. It forces you to give an answer, right? Yeah. That's important. Gratitude is something that you could practice on a daily basis, like meditation. It mm-hmm. takes five minutes, and yeah. we all have five minutes. How do you go about training your new hires? Back to the new hire stuff. When you hire somebody, what's your process look like internally for training them? So the first thing we want to do is um, let them ride with one of our other employees, mm-hmm. and we get a feel for them. And so we bounce that new employee around from each seasoned vet, two weeks with one guy, two weeks with another guy, right? Yeah. I'll give you an example. We have a new gentleman in the company and his only job for the first two months is to go on ride-alongs with everybody. Mm-hmm. That's his only job, right? No other responsibilities. Put him in a uniform. He's taking a whole bunch of notes. And now he's able to give us more of a valuable feedback on where we are and how we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Once you get past the first couple of weeks of meeting everybody and everyone knows you, let's just say you've made it that far. Yeah. Right? That's a great thing. So now it's what spot on the team were they going to be? And even um, CSRs, we have them go out into the trucks to see what the guys do. Yeah. You never want to have like a veil like I have uh, people that answer phones and people that go out in trucks, right? You want it to be seamless. Yeah. You want to know how a call comes in so that the CSR knows we're sending somebody over to someone's home, right? Yeah. So that she or he will ride with the technician to the house and see how what they actually go oh, through. Oh, great. Right? Yeah. Very important. Cross-training. So all of my guys are cross-trained. If I invest in somebody, I will send them to a place, the Ultimate Tech uh, Academy. It's in um, Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah. We will fly them in. They will stay for a week and they'll learn either HVAC, plumbing, they'll do some electrical, right? Sure. And it's very focused on how you can be successful in your job. Yeah. Right. And then we teach them sales and sales ethics at our office. Yeah. But it's it's a long process. We're talking Absolutely. years and years and years. Yeah. At what point do you decide that, you know, this person's probably not a good fit? They weren't a good they are as soon as possible. As soon as possible. Right. As yeah. soon as possible. What are some key indicators that you see? Showing up late is a really bad indicator, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a struggle with people showing up high. Oh, right. So you can tell, you can see it. We're very fortunate to uh, be able to get rid of those people very quickly because yeah. you don't want to expose those people to your clients. Yeah. Right. And rupture the customer experience. Oh, it's, 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 it's toxic. The worst thing for your business. Mm. <laughs> there was a rule that uh, Al Levy gave to me. Al Levy is also yeah. something very influential in my life, right? Yeah. Slow to hire, quick to fire. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's always the... Always a motto. It's a great one to live by. Yeah. Kind and it's, make you say, well, oh, that makes sense. Upholding the standards too. Um, mm. That's what I wanted to kind of touch on. Not just standards, but how do you go about forecasting when you need to hire to ensure that your people are not overwhelmed with the amount of work? As you're getting more work in, you're growing your business. You obviously need to be able to forecast when you need to bring in new techs, new CSRs. Mm. How do you go about planning that to make sure you're in front of a good problem, but in front of that problem? There's going to be multiple answers to that question. I'm going to sure. do my best, right? So I think for the next 10 years in all markets, hire as many people as you possibly can mm-hmm. for the next 10 years. Yeah. Train them and make them great because we as an industry and not even plumbing, HVAC, anybody that answers a phone and goes to a home, you're going to be in demand. Yeah. 
Because if you look around, we're building more houses than mm-hmm. you can even imagine. Yeah. Those houses are going to need to be repaired. They need to be fixed. They need to be maintained, right? Yep. And we don't have enough people going into the trades. Yeah. And I'm sure there have been many people in the seat saying the exact same thing, right? So what's going to happen is your prices are going to rise. Yep. You have to work smarter with your people. If you work them a little bit longer, you got to give them some time off, right? Yeah. You got to really appreciate them. Yeah. And you got to give a lot of gratitude. And a lot right? of gratitude. A lot of gratitude. Yeah. Because that is the culture part. Absolutely. What happens when you're not busy? So thankfully, every business is seasonal. Every business gets slow. But, you know, don't panic. Mm-hmm. It's not like a zombie apocalypse. Everything's fine. Yeah. And we get through, right? So yeah. we kick up a little bit of our advertising budget. We get through the week or, or the day, whatever. We're a little slow. And God forbid you let your people go home a little bit early. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Take a little time. Go and improve yourself or it's not like it, when you're a little bit slow, you all of a sudden you kick into the training. Don't do that. Yeah. You kick into training even when you're busy. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. the big part of it. You want to be consistent. Mm-hmm. There's a um, world champion football team where I happen to live that takes no days off <laughs> yeah. right, and yeah. practices the small intricate plays every single day. Mm-hmm. Do the basics very well. Yeah. So my business is weather driven. So yeah. June was very rainy in the Boston area, right? So July is very hot. We budgeted money to spend on marketing. I call Kate. Kate actually called me and says, hey, um, how's your call board? You look really busy. And I'm like, yeah, we are. She goes, oh, well, I'm going to put all your ads on hold, yeah. right? She's saving me money. Yeah. That just happened. Yeah. Because I'm special. <laughs> no. I think it happened because I'm on Kate's team, right? So yeah. she looks at things for us. She'll call me. So when we're busy... Everybody has like three or four calls in a day, no more than that, right? Mm -hmm. And we focus in one call at a time, just like when you're slow. Sure. All you can do is one at a time. Yep. Awesome. What's your tactic to really retaining techs? I know we talked a bit about the culture, but what other things do you have going on that help you retain techs and decrease the level of churn? Retention, you got to get personal with people. You got to get to know them, them families, uh, what they're going through, right? Yeah. And be available. So money's part of it. It's not everything. Time off is part of it, right? Benefits. Yeah. But if you're not like knowing who their their wife, their girlfriend, their boyfriend, whoever they are, right? You got to know people. Yeah. And you got to help them um, navigate life. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Just like I'm doing, right? No one does it alone. Sure. So everyone helps each other. That's part of the culture to retain everybody. I would find if you're an owner that keeps to yourself, what's that saying? He who leads without anyone following is only taking a walk. Taking a walk, right? John Maxwell. John Maxwell, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're a guy working by yourself, that's probably the best thing, right? Yeah. But if you're a guy that has a lot of people, there's probably another reason for that too. Yeah. That you're helping other people and they're helping you. Absolutely. If you had one piece of advice that you could give everybody listening right now Mm -hmm. in terms of how to deal with the tech problem, the tech challenge that they have in their market and how to retain their techs for the long haul, what would you say that would be? Work on yourself first. Yeah. To be in a state of mind that you could give back to others. Yeah. If you're not in that state of mind, there's a problem that needs to be adjusted, right? Deal with it. Yeah. I was that guy for a long time. Like I was just, you know, angry because I wasn't making the phone ring. Mm -hmm. People weren't doing what I wanted them to do. But the second I started to relax and figure out myself, right? Yeah. Things just changed. And it's not that things changed. I changed. You changed. Right. Yeah. So that the first thing you do to retain a technician is work on yourself. Yeah. And be in a better place to give. 
You know, Rustin Kretz, the CEO of Scorpion, he said this one time and it always stuck with me years ago. He said, give me any team and I will tell you exactly what they look like in a year because Mm -hmm. they will be a direct reflection of whoever's leading that team. Amen. And they're going to embody everything that that leader embodies. They're going to move the way that leader moves. They're going to talk the way that leader talks. That always rung true with me. It always struck me as really, really powerful. So So when you're around horses, you have to be calm, Mm -hmm. right? If you're not, you know what the horse will do. The, The horse will do whatever you're doing. Yeah. People, animals, dogs, we're all triggered with the electricity that you do and do not have. Yeah. Nervousness, confidence, calm, chaos, yeah. right? If you have it, you're going to give it. Yeah. Right? You're a conduit of whatever your mind is thinking. Totally. Right on. I love that. Well, Tim, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time and flying out to be in the booth with us. And for everybody listening, definitely hit that subscribe button wherever you might be listening at so you can get more of this awesome content. And from all of us here at The Sharps Tool, we'll catch you next time. 